Episode 15, and this week's double feature, we got a couple of late 90s, early 2000s Japanese horror films. We got Ringu and Grudju, a.k.a. Juwan the Grudge. It's going to be huge. Can't wait to talk about it. But before we get into our movies, let me introduce my co-host, Paris. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty okay. Good to hear. And Travis, what's up, dude? Hello, hello. So these were Paris's picks, and uh, both first-time watches for you, right, Paris? Or at least these yes, versions? I had, I had not seen these versions, yeah. But you have seen the U.S. versions of both. Yes? No? Well, yeah. So I wanted to start off actually that my thought with the theme was Japanese horror that had been turned, like, had been remade by American, uh, or in America, by American filmmakers. So, mm-hmm. Pretty catchy um, title. Yes, the whole thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. We don't have a, you guys didn't help me come up with a catchy title. So here we are. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, but yeah, something. I actually had not seen the American Ring, but I am familiar with it. Like I know what it's about. And I've seen clips from it and that kind of thing. But you have seen The Grudge, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes, I saw it once when I was in sixth grade at a at a boy girl sleepover. Whoa, a co-ed slumber party. That sounds like a horror film. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> oh man, I had, there was probably some kiss the bot kiss the bottle, spin the bottle. <laughs> kiss the bottle, we were getting yeah. tanked on whiskey. I don't you know about sixth any grade? of that because we were like 11 or 12. So, yeah, it was more like Tee-hee, the boys are here. See, I've never, I never played Spin the Bottle. At what age do young folks start playing Spin the Bottle? Is it like, I mean, is that like a late, like thirteen or fourteen? Okay, so like late middle school, maybe early high school. Yeah, eighth okay. grade, ninth grade. Travis, you ever played Spin the Bottle? Uh, yeah, I wasn't cool enough. <laughs> wow, both of you two that are fucking didn't go to nerds. the right parties. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't go to the right parties. Although my first kiss was at a birthday party where I was a lame little eighth grader and everybody else were high school freshmen. And I got to make out for 10 seconds with Wendy Dalton. Wendy, if you're listening to this, I love you and I miss you. (laughs) And then I didn't kiss another girl for about six years. There we go. Five or six years? Hell yeah. Quite the Wait, dry so spell. so you there. had your first kiss and then... Just killing the kids. And then just years. high school was just nothing. I had oh, no luck. Oh, <laughs> um, Anyway, my let's... My first kiss was actually... It, this, this applies to the show still. It was with my first ever boyfriend. 
Um, he, he was Japanese and his name was Shota Kubo, but everyone called him Taco. So what? Taco was at that co-ed slumber party that we went to and he spoke Japanese. And, and when we were watching the American Grudge, he kept telling us how poorly the Japanese was being translated and would tell us what they were actually saying. Nice. This guy's Taco sounds cool. <laughs> he is cool. Did you guys, did your school just have like three ethnic kids? So they were just all called Taco by all the white kids or something? Yikes. Um, no, I lived in San Jose. So maybe half or a third of the school was white and everyone else was non-white. Mm-hmm. So sorry. Yeah, I didn't grow up in the fucking boonies near Canada, Matt. Yeah, that's Not all true. of us had all white schools. <laughs> <laughs> just curious. It's an interesting name for a Japanese fellow. Um, nickname. Where were okay? Racist. <laughs> for, first kisses. And now here we are, circling back <laughs> to the first film in our double feature. We are going to be talking about Ringu, which was made in 1998, three or four years before it was remade in America as The Ring, mm-hmm. starring Naomi Watts. Plot synopsis is, as soon as I pull it up, going to be stating that this film <laughs> is <laughs> uh, directed by Hideo Nakata. <laughs> Um, plot synopsis is a reporter and her ex-husband investigate a cursed videotape that is rumored to kill the viewer seven days after watching it. So, uh, I can go first. I saw Ringu and The Ring pretty close together. So, I did not see The Ring uh, back in its heyday. I, I came to The Ring like late high school, maybe early college. I don't remember, but I saw them both pretty close together. So, uh, watching them in close proximity to one another, haven't rewatched the ring since then, but I do think the ring is trying to be a little bit more, uh, horror forward. I will Mm -hmm. say, um, I, I think Ringu, is a, a pretty good film, and I quite enjoyed it, but it's definitely slower paced than I thought, and not very scary. There were moments that were creepy, but even the moments that were creepy were not as like outright horrific or spine-tingling as, mm-hmm. as The Ring, you know? So I like that it kind of plays out like this... Uh, procedural like mystery movie kind of book ended with you know these horror sequences that play out uh very tense moments with a cool score you know the middle part of it um i enjoyed but i i sort of lose interest a little bit in the middle third um it's my uh general impression of ringu mm-hmm Who's next? Who wants to go next? I'll go. Uh, so, yeah, I had not seen this before either. And I do remember watching The Ring, not in theaters, but around the time it came out on DVD. My brother was a big fan of these types of horror movies around then. 
And um, so naturally, you know, I was interested as well. Um, so yeah, first time watch for me, although watching it, it felt like I had already seen it because I had seen the remake and mm -hmm. the remake is one of the, I don't know if it was just like that time period where movies stuck with me better or if it's just a memorable movie, but like a lot of the images and scenes in that movie are like burned into my brain. Um, mm. Probably cause it's like one of the, or one, yeah, like the first time I had seen something like that before. Um, so watching this one this time around, I did like this movie better than Juon, and we can get into that later. Uh, but these, both these movies aren't really my uh, cup of tea. I don't find them very scary, and they're a little slow. And uh, Juon is especially hard to follow. <laughs> 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 but uh, I don't know if that's just because I'm dumb or uh, it's in subtitles or the non-linearness of it, but... That was tough to get through, um, but this one yes. was definitely more watchable, and uh, I liked the the way it was shot. But yeah, like Matt said, it's not very scary, and maybe that's just because it hasn't aged that well, and we've seen more shocking things since then. Or just I'm older now, so stuff like this isn't as scary. But mm -hmm. yeah, so I think that's kind of a big knock for it because I think that's the main thing it's trying to do is be scary um but it is somewhat of a mood piece i feel like you have to uh be in the right mindset for it mm -hmm. it's not as out from what i remember of the ring it's not as uh out and out like entertaining Street as the horror. ring yeah um definitely a, a moodier piece than than juong um <laughs> um Paris, what about you? Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, so just like you guys, I definitely found it to be more of a spooky mystery than a straight horror film. And like I said, I haven't seen the original Ring, but I am familiar with a lot of the imagery. Mm -hmm. And I kind of equated it to, or the original Ring, excuse me, the American Ring. Um, but I kind of equated it to the American Grudge as well, which was very spooky when I watched it as a child, basically. And I know it came out around that same time. Um, but I think different than y'all, I really liked this movie. I I found it to be really like stylish in a way I wasn't expecting. The story was a lot more intriguing than I thought it was going to be. I kind of thought it was just going to be kind of a straightforward horror film, which we haven't covered a ton of those on this podcast, actually. Mm -hmm. But like that early 2000s you know hella shock value like straight horror that that, that kind of they made a a bunch of at that time it just doesn't really do, like it scares me but it doesn't really do much for me in ways of enjoyment i like to be scared and also like interested in what's going on you know mm -hmm. and i thought that this was plotted super well and i liked that the twist toward the end where you think it's wrapping up and uh-oh it's not and then yeah i don't know i just really really enjoyed this i see i i i also really enjoyed it i didn't love it and i do think i prefer gore verbinski's the ring more mostly i think 
probably because we live in America, but kind of what Travis was alluding to is that there's these a couple iconic sequences that have kind of just been burned into our brains, especially people around our age who were like young, but of, you know, of age to see this movie or the ring, I should say when it came out. And I do think those sequences are more frightening and impressive in the American version, specifically the, the famous, uh, Samara girl crawls out of the TV TV scene. So Um, actually I wanted to mention that because I knew that that was from the American ring. And so I was, when you think it's like what I was alluding to earlier, when you think it's going to end and then that hasn't happened, I was like, Oh, I guess that was just from something they made up for the American version. Cause it's a lot (laughs) more horror based. And then when it does happen, I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I don't think it comes at the very end of the ring. Um, I mean, Travis, you you said you haven't seen The Ring in a long time, too. I don't remember it being right at the end of that movie. I remember it being, like, closer to the middle, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm just uh, misremembering. But um, at first, I thought that that scene wasn't in the original. Like, I had just forgotten or something. But then, you know, that happens almost at the very end of the film. Um, so that that sequence in particular and the actual video itself, um, I do think is very effective in this movie. A little bit creepier in The Ring. Um, not to say that this movie isn't stylish and well-made. I definitely think it's got better acting than Zhuang for sure. I mean, we'll be talking about that more yeah. later, but I watched Zhuang first so coming to this and having the performances be pretty good, the characters be likable, and the mystery being like the mystery is what is what got me in this. I wasn't really scared, but I was invested in like the procedural element of the investigation of it, um, and just some of the like the ambient like noises and the 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 music cues I thought were really effective, and it made me very tense um just ultimately a little um little underwhelming because i i was expecting more scares i i guess (laughs) yeah i would say that it's less of like i think i i guess i was kind of expecting the more scares too even though i hadn't seen first one just know or the american one just knowing about it but i also like that there's a sense of dread that hangs over everything and i almost like it because there's not really any jump scares but you always think there could be. So like mm-hmm. right. there's so many moments that feel tense and they don't give you that release of that jump scare where you're like, huh, oh, but okay, it happened. Like it happened. We can move on. We don't need to be tense anymore for the next, you know, five minutes or whatever. And I really like that it doesn't give you that release. It just keeps it tense and tense and tense until the scene ends and goes to the next scene. Totally. And in some ways that almost makes it more effective because you don't get that release. So it builds and, you know, you don't have um, a lesser movie um, like Juwan, for example. (laughs) 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 That's to play our cards too early, but there 
are there's release in that movie and it kind of gets repetitious and this movie it, it builds and you're invested in the mystery and you're not getting to like release that tension because you're just waiting for something to happen and i think that's a positive and and a negative to the movie because i do think the final third of of ringu is probably the weakest um i don't know if it really builds up or, or, or capitalizes on that tension just because it that's the final third is kind of when it gets sillier like some of the sillier aspects of the when story would you say for you the final third starts I would say the final third probably starts when they um, they go to the the that house and they confront that man in the it's not like a bed and breakfast or on the island. Yeah, okay. <laughs> from there I would say um, it's an old B and B. Yeah, you know? they're like, <laughs> hey, come on down. This is our house. You know, we've renovated it out for guests. Um, I also just find all of that a little silly, though. Or, I mean, and maybe it's just like cultural differences, but um, I don't know. It's just it's hard to, for me at least, to get invested into a type of story like this. Like, I, I thought it was cool that it turned into like a mystery type procedural, but I thought the actual like mystery of itself was not that interesting. And then, like you know taking the steps it takes to figure so, it out weren't that uh, like engaging for me. I think that brings up a good question that I actually had for you guys in the American version is um, it. So in the American version, it's Samara in the Japanese version. It's Oh God. I Sadako. Autocorrect. Sadako. Or something? It's uh, Sadako. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> autocorrect changed it to Saratoga. So I was like, that's not right. <laughs> it's Sadako. Um, so is Samara in that one, is she like some kind of psychic medium seer type person? And so was her mom or is that just in this one? I think that's just in this one. I think in the remake, she was like an abused child and she like got put in the well and drowned. And it's like her avenging spirit that is... Uh, right. cursing people or something. I, I will say that I think that would have been a little bit more effective if they weren't, there was no extra, you know, whatever you want to call it, magic maybe. Like, there was no uh, medium psychic stuff if they were just, like, abused. Or even if her mom was maybe being... The, I, I just... I mean, I found it interesting, but I do think that is maybe a little bit of a flaw in this film of making them not just regular people. Because at the end, they say it, it was just her spirit because it was killed in a fit of rage. And actually, like, that is a traditional... So, both of these movies focus on um, person or people that were killed in a fit of rage. Mm -hmm. And there is an old Japanese uh, folktale um, uh, called Onryo. I may be pronouncing that incorrectly, so assault but it means vengeful spirit and according to folklore onryo are spirits who can return to the world of the living to exact physical vengeance um they can kill living enemies and even create natural disasters to aid them in their plight um but all of this is done in attempt to right the wrongs they suffered while alive as they are usually created when a person dies in a state of extreme rage 
pain or sorrow. And they're a popular myth utilized throughout Japanese horror, not just in um, these two movies. Mm-hmm. So I, there, 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 there are some differences between the ring and, and Ringu. And I, I do think some of those cultural differences kind of explain why Ringu maybe feels a little bit more um, silly with some of those supernatural elements. I think the ring plays it more straight and the other big difference is the ending of the films. Ringu ends after, you know, we, we've, we've had the revelation that the reason why the main character lived past the seven-day deadline is because she copied the tape and passed it on to someone else. So right. the movie kind of ends with her in a car on a highway and we hear like a phone call to her dad. So presumably she's like on her way to her dad's house to like show him the video. And that's, you know, and, and then we hear this um, clips of these like uh, schoolgirls basically talking about the, the myth, like the, the rumors of like how you get rid of the curse. Right. And that's kind of how the movie ends. The ring, if I remember correctly, is more ambiguous. Like she does, Naomi Watts' character does come to the revelation that uh, copying the tape and showing it to somebody is why uh, nothing happened to her ex-husband or why nothing happened to her, but her ex-husband got killed. But I'm pretty sure the ring ends with her making a copy, but it's unclear what she's going to do with it. Like, I think her her son asks her, like, what's going to happen to the person who sees that tape? And I think that's how the ring ends. Pretty sure. So in the American remake, is does her son also watch the tape? And so she's trying to save her son from the same fate? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very similar movies. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the scenes, the mystery itself, outside of some of the um, more supernatural elements in Ringu, they play pretty similarly. It's just that the American version kind of amps up the the horror essentially because Gore Verbinski, you know, that's his thing is like his visuals. So he kind of uh, can, can set the mood a little bit more for like scary, like frightening images where well, that's not really what Ringu is trying to do. Um, but yes, that, that, that is the main difference at the end. I, I, unless I'm misremembering, I don't know if, I mean, Travis, you've seen it. Do you remember? Yeah, but it's been so long. I can't really remember specifics. Just more like certain images and scenes. Yeah. So very, very minor differences. Honestly, it's more of an aesthetic difference between the two, I think. Um, right. Well, and the remake definitely has a bigger budget. Yes. I mean, I do yeah. think it looked pretty good. I, I thought there was some oh, yeah, for, stylish and it, it looks good. Yeah. And it was made in 1998. Um, I was going to say, wasn't the American remake made in, like, 2000, 2001? I think it was 2002. Maybe 2001. So that's, like, a full, like, four or five year difference, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they didn't really yeah. have to rely on effects or anything. Like, they did it in a pretty economical fashion. Right. That's almost kind of why I liked this, too. I guess. I don't know. I just really like that it kind of subverted my expectations with what I thought it was going to be also. Sure. Yeah. I do think that that's fair. Especially 
with the the ring's kind of cultural standing as being like this super scary right. movie that like traumatized so many kids when they were you know in, in middle school and high school and I you know I didn't get to see it when I was that age so I, I kind of wish I had because I love scary movies I don't I don't know how the ring kind of slipped by me but um I will say uh I did really like the opening scene I thought it was a uh like a good hook for the movie. Yes. Until I didn't like the like freeze frame where, where like it, uh, it changed to like the monochrome palette, you know, I, <laughs> I thought that was kind of <laughs> cheesy. I did really, I Wait, also really like that scene though. I feel dumb. I don't even remember the opening scene. What happened? The two, the two girls. girls. They're like, like joking around with each other and like playing around and then, they, like, oh, answer the phone. I loved that. I did think actually the part where it freezed on her face was silly. I think I may have laughed, but the whole opening sequence, <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of in Scream. Mm-hmm. Like, like not quite the same, but it kind of reminded me how the opening sequence in Scream, where there's like you're kind of not sure if it's a joke or if it's serious, or and then there's phones ringing, and it kind of had that similar vibe to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did really like that scene. Uh, to, I was pretty spooked. Like I thought I did a really good job of setting the mood. And when yeah. the like the TV turns on when she's pouring the tea or whatever, like I thought that was all really effective. And I I wish there was more of that in mm-hmm. Ringu. It, 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 it drifts away from that kind of tension for most of the rest of the movie up until the the end. You know, the last like twenty minutes or so. Um, not much also, more to say beyond that. Yeah, go ahead, Travis. No way I'm ever jumping in a well like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. Way. Kurt and I were making a joke about, like, if we would rescue each other from wells, and I was like, I mean, I would, but not by going in. Even that like actor that. doing that scene, I feel like, would be brutal. Uh-uh. Yeah. Absolutely not. I would never. Wells I don't care if it's made. naturally like... <laughs> so scary. Like, don't, don't go in a well, ever. Don't go in a manhole. Don't go below the earth. I also don't really understand why they had to empty it. Like, he could stand up in that water. Like, why not just, like... Well, it was up to his... When they, I was a little confused at that part, too. But Kurt noticed that... Because I watched this with Kurt, of course. He noticed that the water was up to, like, his almost, like, neck shoulders when he yeah. first got in. So he, he couldn't really feel bend over and feel around too much. And then by the time they found her, it was, (laughs) yeah, but like, that's not, I don't know. By the time they found her, it was down more like below his knees. Yeah. I just think he could have, I mean, it's a small well. Like if you can touch the bottom, like you're going to feel, oh, this feels like a skeleton. You know what I mean? Like you can tell if there's something at the bottom of the well. That was pretty cool though. I like the scene where she, where she's in the well and you see the hair, like rise up oh, first God. and you think she's going to be alive, but then the hair kind of falls off and it's just the skull and she like yeah. kind of caresses it. That that scene I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I felt like she was like mothering it, you know, uh-huh. like she felt bad for that little girl who had been murdered by her maybe father in a fucking well. And she tried to, she was still alive, tried to scratch her way up to the point where her nails got embedded in the wall. Like, that is fucking awful. Mm. Yeah, that was a good scene. Um, the 
kind of one of the the main problems I have. Not a main problem, but that scene where she crawls out of the TV has kind of been ruined for me by Scary Movie <laughs> 3. Because every time I watch that scene, whether it's watching this movie or seeing clips of it, I think of Regina King going, Cindy, this bitch is getting water on my floor. As she's like climbing out of the TV. And it cuts to her like eating the popcorn. Oh my God. And then she gets in a boxing match with her. That's all I can think of when I watch that scene now. I tried to push that out of my Matt. mind. And it mostly that worked, franchise has ruined so many movies. It's just literally. It's the new uh, the new iconography is the <laughs> scary movie version. <laughs> yeah. Um, any hey, other? Th- uh, yeah, yeah. One last thing for for me at least. Uh, weird connection that we watched, or weird coincidence that we watched this and Mortal Kombat in the same weekend. What's what's Why the coincidence? Weird? Home dude, Hiroyuki Sonata. Who is there an actor that's in both of these? <laughs> uh, yeah, in Mortal Kombat and Ringu. Who does he? Well, okay, who is so who Ringu? is? Yeah, he's the the dude, the main guy, the ex husband, the dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and who in, is he in Mortal Kombat, because I also watched that recently. Mortal Kombat. He's like the is he the main dude? Oh, I guess we don't want to. Not the. Not the it, UFC the fighter, guy... but oh, not the UFC fighter. No, his ancestor. Yeah, he's in the opening. The guy scene. from the opening scene. Okay. So yes. that's okay. Not really okay. Huh. Didn't realize I didn't that was the same guy. That. Hell yeah! You know what's funny? Kurt and I both watched Mortal Kombat the day it came out last week or whenever that was, and like, I would not have in a million years been like, that's the same person. Well, when I was watching this, I was just like, this guy looks kind of familiar. But I had just watched Mortal Kombat yesterday, and I watched Ringu this morning. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's oh, been like enough. 25 years, though, right? Yeah. Dude, that guy yeah, has aged, aged well. gracefully. Because he's, yeah, not, that's what I was thinking. he's <laughs> not young in Ringu, you know? I mean, he's probably he like... might that. be, though. I feel like I have a hard time telling people's ages sometimes in movies. I'm like, oh, that guy's like 40. He's not. He's 20. Like, I don't know. I'm going to find out right now. So that guy. Important business. Where is this guy? Here he is. He is 60. So when Ringu came out, he was in his late 30s. And now Makes he's sense. now he was probably in his late 50s when Mortal Kombat was. Yeah. He's been in some big movies. So I thought it was actually really interesting because we talked a little bit about how the supernatural element ele- element, not elephant. Um, <laughs> supernatural element for the mother daughter kind of didn't I wouldn't I don't want to say it didn't work but it maybe felt a little like unnecessary but I thought that the supernatural element for the husband like he's a medium or a seer I thought that that was actually really interesting because it sort of played into it felt like that's maybe why they were divorced and he was like we shouldn't even have had a child maybe we all deserve to die I thought that that kind of through line was really interesting. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely more interesting than the supernatural angle with the little girl in the well. Um, right. But, you know, I, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, I, I guess I, I hadn't really thought about it that much. 
until you brought it up as far as like I had almost forgotten about that. Um that he also had that you know, that he was like some sort of medium or whatever. It seemed like this was a world where that wasn't that unusual because one of the other someone else in a different totally unrelated scene in this one talks about ESP. Mm-hmm. Like just very casually. So I was like, maybe this is a world where that's more common. I don't know. Maybe that's a cultural thing too. I mean, maybe there's a, a, a more widespread, um, maybe not belief in, but at least, um, you know, and cause I know definitely when it comes to ghosts. Yeah. You know, like ghost stories are, are, are big in Japan. That's why there's so many horror movies about ghosts and spirits. Like it's definitely a bigger part of the culture in that regard. But from a modern perspective, I wonder if there is also a, maybe people are more receptive to, uh, that baby. There are these supernatural elements in the universe that we just, you know, don't understand because i feel like if you say if you if you're here in america depending on what kind of crowd you're in if you say you're like super into ghosts and like spirits and stuff most people would be like yeah okay bud you know what i mean like right (laughs) um so could just could just be a cultural difference there but um any other thoughts they on... They would go, oh, did a Romani lady curse you? Okay. <laughs> All right, bud. <laughs> did she gnaw on your face with no teeth? All right. <laughs> Settle down over there. Uh, all right. Anything else on Ringu before we move on? Um, I have one uh, little bit of trivia. So Shizuoka, the mom who's the seer, was based actually on a real woman <laughs> who is supposedly a psychic. Um. So it's interesting that we kind of just talked about that um, because there was actually a real doctor that like brought her forward and like tested her. Um, and that was a real story that the um, I want to say director, but it could have been the screenwriter like knew about and thought was interesting. And so that was some of the inspiration for the movie. Well, it is based on a book. I wonder if it must have been the author the then. Yeah. It must have been the author then. Yeah. Because I knew I forgot that as well, but yeah, it must have been the author then. I didn't realize this until uh, I was looking some stuff up yesterday. But the Ringu and the sequel to Ringu Spiral were released like basically at the same time in Japan. Because like Ringu is already like a pretty popular novel. Wait, Matt, I think you cut out for a second. You said they were released. Oh, at, either at the same time or very close to one another in Japan. Okay. Because they're based on uh, a very popular novel. So the two the two movies were like, it might have been like the same summer or something. Um, and I don't I feel like no one ever talks about, it's called Spiral. I didn't even know it existed. I know they made a ring Does too. Does that have anything to do with Junji Ito's um, Spiral story? Uh, maybe I didn't do too much research on it. I now I'm really curious because that's those are Junji Ito is like a big um Japanese horror um I guess it would be manga writer um and Kurt really really likes them. It's super. I've I've read some of the stuff. It's really really spooky and there's a big thing on a uh, big story on spirals and stuff. So I'm interested. Doesn't look like they're related i think spiral 
it looks like is the book sequel to Ringu. So they just like put them out like right next to each other. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I'd be curious. I wonder if that movie's any good. Doesn't have much of a Wikipedia presence. Interesting. All right. Well, anything else on uh, Ringu before we move on to Zhuang the Grudge? So this is Spiral is a Japanese horror film based on the manga of the same name by Junji Ito. I think you're looking at a different Spiral. I'm looking at There's Spiral. A lot of sp- Spirals. <laughs> directed oh, okay. directed by Joji Aida, based on novel of the same title by Koji Suzuki, who also did oh. Ringu. So, Interesting. Unrelated, it appears. Spiral maybe is that's the something name in of the Japanese new, uh... culture, that horror culture that we don't know about. Yeah, maybe. I'm... Spiral is the name of the new uh, Saw movie. Yeah. Has it come out yet? It hasn't, right? I don't think so. Oh, that man. is an ugly title, though. Spiral. Uh, from the book of Saw. Yeah, why? Barf. Why the subtitle? That's so <laughs> from dumb. the book of Saw. Gag me with a fucking spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be huge. <clears throat> We're gonna have to do a Saw special whenever that comes out. Oh man. Loki though. Watch. Should we should we cover the first <laughs> Saw? We don't need to get into it on air, but the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well. <clears throat> Pick whatever you want when it's your turn. There's no rules here. <laughs> we do get we do get veto powers. Little but... peek behind the curtain for the listeners. We have no rules. <laughs> um, okay, you guys want to do star ratings and then move on to Juan? Yeah. Yep. All right. I settled on a three point five for Ringu. Three point five sounds good. <laughs> um, I went with a 4.5 as a Whoa. I, Huge fan. I really really liked this film <laughs> I almost went with a 5 but there were as we talked about there were some elements that just didn't quite work as well as they they could have or whatever and there was just there was some minor issues I had so 4.5 yeah you gotta see the ring it's huge Oh yeah. Now I I'm it, curious. But yeah. I will Rewatch say it, yeah. I watched this with Kurt and he hadn't seen the American Ring in a long time, but he said he didn't remember the acting being very good and he thought the acting was way better in this. And so he kind of like thought it wasn't as good. I don't know what his star rating would be for either of them. But now I'm curious having watched this first if I will like the Ring as much. Well, Naomi Watts is in the ring, so he's definitely wrong there because she is <laughs> the greatest actress of our generation. So, Matt, just because you have a crush Sorry. on someone does not make them the greatest actress of our generation. She is the greatest actress of our generation. Frances McDormand. Better than Jessica Chastain. Get Chastity. out of town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody acts. Capital A acts like Naomi Watts. She uh, well, she I don't knows know how to go for it. Chewing the scenery can be called acting, but she's she's the goat because she chews scenery like goats chew grass. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude. laughs> All right, we should move on. Um, okay, so moving on to second part of our double feature. This is Zhuang. The Grudge. Really, it's just called Zhuang, but in America, it was marketed as Zhuang, The Grudge. Plot synopsis is, a mysterious and vengeful spirit marks and pursues anybody who dares enter the house in which it resides. 
It's written and directed by Takashi Shimizu. Uh, came out in 2002. The American version of this film, The Grudge, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar, came out just two years later. So I feel like they were just jumping on the popularity of The Ring and some of these other horror, like Japanese horror American remakes, because that's not a whole lot of downtime between <laughs> when this came out and the American well, version came out. So something interesting is this is actually the third installment in the Juon series. Really? So there's other movies so there that is, came out before there this? There is Juon, Juon 2, Juon the Grudge, and then there's another one. And then there's even more like the grudge. Like there's there's just a bunch in the series. This was the first theatrical release. The the rest were straight to video releases. And this one actually was a straight to video release. And then was so popular that it was redone as a theatrical release. And so Ooh. that was the two years, the two year gap from the theatrical release. But then also, the same screenwriter that did the Japanese version also did the American version. And the same family that plays the family from the beginning that is cursed. Um, they also, the same actors play that family in the Japanese version. Mm -hmm. I knew it was the same guy that he also, you know, he did the English language remake of his own film. Um, I knew that part, but it's been a long time since I've seen The Grudge. So I did not make the connection that it was the same family. That's pretty cool. Um, do you on the grudge? Does anybody else want to go first on this one, or should I go? Uh, well, Matt and I already kind of played our cards a little bit, but um, <laughs> I can go first. I don't really have much to say about it, to be honest. Uh, I watched it a couple weeks ago because I didn't realize we were going to be recording. Well, I didn't know when we were going to be recording. <laughs> right, that sucks. Man, it was only postponed by a week. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Oh, I was just doing my homework. Uh. But yeah, Travis anyways, is being I didn't. An A student, and <laughs> the rest of us are failing. Well, for this one at least, I watched the other one literally like twenty minutes before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, didn't really like this one. Uh, main reason is I just thought it was kind of silly, hard to follow, and um, not scary. But I remember feeling the same way about the remake when I watched that years ago. I wasn't really mm. into that one either. Uh, also thought it was just kind of corny. Uh, but I also feel like it was around the time where I thought I was like cool to be not scared of horror movies. And so mm. that might have played a part back then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one, I don't know what the reason is, but it just uh, not for me. It is uh pretty poorly acted that was one of the first things yes. that uh <laughs> that jumped out to me watching this uh noticeably bad acting and I, I i didn't hate it i i liked that it was definitely trying to be scarier than ringu and i do think there are some effective moments like i like a lot of the um like there will be an image of a ghost like in the background of a scene. It doesn't draw attention or to you'll itself. Or you see it in a mirror or something. Right. Mirrors yeah. and just background images. Like I like that kind of um in horror films, I like that technique, that effect of having something spooky be in the background. I think the biggest issue for me and why I 
wasn't scared by it and thought it was kind of corny is I think the makeup on the ghosts is just kind of bad. <laughs> when, uh, well, it's not the terrible dead until it zooms in. When yeah. it zooms in, it just so obviously is makeup. Which that's why it's so effective when they're just kind of in the background or in the corner of the screen. You know what I mean? You're like, ooh. Right. Ooh. You know, it kind of spooks you when you see it. But the, I would say the exception and I think the best and probably scariest part of this movie comes almost at the very end when the like the bloody ghost girl like crawls down the stairs. I was like a little spooked by that. Um, probably would have been more scared if the rest of it had actually gotten me invested in the right. horror. You know what I mean? But I thought that the, her body movements and the, it, it still didn't look great, but I thought was a pretty effective scene. Um, Clear <laughs> nod to the exorcist. Right. Although the exorcist <laughs> did it a million times better. Um, yes. <laughs> but the plot is kind of all over the place. Not the plot. I mean, I like that the film is nonlinear. I like that aspect of it. But did you? Yeah, I did. I thought it was interesting, yeah. at least. Uh, <laughs> pretty um, kind of hard to follow, and um, just didn't get interested in the mystery in the same way that I did with Ringu. So it's kind of where I landed on Juong. Paris, I'm curious where yeah, uh, where so, how you felt. So. Kind of similarly, similarly to what you guys were talking about, I would say both of these are definitely seem less spooky than their American counterparts, but this one is definitely a lot spookier. Or I wouldn't say spookier, but like more like we we're talking about the traditional horror than um, Ringu. Mm-hmm. I would say a great summary for this movie: Rage spirits bad. Phone. Oh, actually, for both movies, really, Rage spirits bad. Phones extra bad girls with long hair <laughs> absolute worst <laughs> that applies to both yeah that's literally. just the times i guess japanese horror love that shit well and then kurt actually mentioned that there is something in japanese culture that talks about girls with really long hair is like seen as bad luck or something i didn't look that up to verify but he did mention that when we were watching these so i was like that kind of makes sense and i guess this is in the juan series this is the one where her hair is the shortest because I think so this is the other thing that I was a little confused about in the American remake I remember them explaining why the murder happens and if I'm remembering correctly the woman was cheating on her husband with her college professor or at least he thought she was something like that and so he was he flew into a rage and then was like, this kid's not even mine, and then murdered them both. Mm-hmm. And then if I remember, I was actually trying to remember, in the American version, do you guys remember, is are things resolved at the end? Because they're definitely not resolved at the end of this one. I remember very little about the American version other than that it sucks butt. Other than uh, I don't remember the much sound. Else. Okay. It's just <laughs> so, yeah. Other than yeah, the sound. <laughs> I really so, I did not like it. The American one. Okay, the, it's it's funny that you guys bring up the sound because you know as I talked about, saw us at a sleepover in sixth grade, and we would always so my friends and I would scare each other by being in the bathroom next to each other and going uh, 
and doing that whole like yeah. the grudge sound. And um, I used to do it really well. So I would always freak people out. And then um, I would also get freaked out when they did it to me, though. So it was a definite <laughs> a thing there. But I think it was kind of a, I don't know, it was kind of a cultural thing at the time. Like, it felt very, like, important. But I haven't seen it since then, so I don't actually remember if it was that bad or not. The, the sound, that sound is kind of, from a cultural perspective, what The Grudge, and, and this movie, too, is is remembered for. Because you you nailed it on the head. It was like sleepovers and hanging out at friends' houses or school, wherever it was, and making that sound. Because that movie, I don't think this movie as much um, as The Ring, but The Grudge definitely had its uh, <laughs> its time it in the sun. Though, how simple that noise is, but it's just so iconic. <laughs> it's effective too. It, like that's yeah, yeah, it's scary. It's basically, scary. the only scary I, thing in in Juong. Um, I, I just think the grudge, the American version, from what I remember, is just it. It's more well made, but it was just boring and not scary. Mm-hmm. I think part of the issue with this movie is that it's pretty good at what it does. It's just pretty low budget, kind of looks like crap, right. bad acting, and the moments of tension kind of become repetitive because you have a character in a house and everything's chill and then they hear a noise and they go to investigate and they you know like every every sequence kind of plays out the same way for the most part and started to wear on me by the end of it you know so i don't want to i i didn't hate this movie by any means i didn't like strongly dislike it but i will say The two main things that really made me not, like, thoroughly enjoy this movie are what you were just talking about. It gets repetitive. And then it even almost goes into, like, a chapter system where it goes, like, with the person's... It has, like, you know, black title card with the person's name in Mm -hmm. white. And then it goes into their story. But it's almost exactly the same every time. Like, there are some interesting things, but it feels so similar. And it happens... For that to happen like three times maybe would be interesting, but it happens like what seven or eight times, mm-hmm. and at that point I'm just like, yeah, I fucking get it. These people are gonna get spooked by ghosts and then die. Like who cares? Um, and then the other thing was actually something that you mentioned that you liked, which was the non-linear storytelling. So, the first I would even say maybe half of the movie kind of goes pretty like straightforward. You kind of know where you're at. And then all of a sudden, when the former cop's daughter is sort of our main gal, um, and she's, you know, she, she was probably seven or eight when we first met her, and now she's probably like 15 or 16, so at least like seven or eight years have passed. And that's, I, I felt like that was so unclear that it, it took me out of the movie I tried to, I had to, you know, obviously it's revealed that, oh, that's her dad. And I had kind of figured it out, but it's like, okay, so I guess seven or eight years has passed. It's not very, like, I thought that that, that time jump was really poorly done. And I don't always think movies have to be like, it's, you know, a title card with this many years later. I don't think that's always necessary. But if you're not going to do that, it needs to be, I think, well done. And I don't think that was. And then even, so Izumi's death at the end, 
was chronologically took place in or not izumi izumi was the daughter so the the death at the end of our main gal rika rika thank you rika's death took place chronologically before izumi's death because i guess when izumi's mom when you're focusing on izumi her mom is watching a news story about rika's death why am i not remembering who izumi is Who's Azumi again? Azumi is the cop's daughter. The former cop's daughter. The one that's little when he gets approached by the guy. And then older when she's with the gals that she runs out of the house, doesn't get murdered. Then she gets haunted by them. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. yes. So her mom is watching Rika's death on the news. So Rika's mm-hmm. death happens before her death, but is shown after. Why? Yes. To what end? Like, why it well, didn't make any sense i i don't know let's see like that is more where it bothered me or i kind of cared less in the later stages of the movie i think it was more effective early on where like you have the opening sequence which is riku rika's character going to the home and then her thing happens and then we it, it moves over to like the the brother and sister whose mother is in the house. And then we find out that they're actually, this is happening before Rika got to the house. Like I, because the, the chronology is closer together in those early sequences, I thought it was interesting. Cause like, Oh, okay. Cause you have that moment where you're like, Oh, this is taking place. Like there's the overlap where you can connect the dots. You know what I mean? And I think what you're alluding to is that eventually those stretches of time become a lot further in between and it becomes harder to trace like, okay, who is this? Where are we? What time and place are we in? Because there's really not, you can't really tell from what you're looking at that the time shifts. Like if you made a movie in America and it was set in 1996 and 1988, you'd be able to tell the difference between those two right right just well or even like like i i this is gonna sound kind of silly because it's not all the same movie but using the you know nolan's the prestige as a great example of that movie time hops so fucking much but they use they don't even necessarily use like the setting as it they use character and relationships and of and you know what their faces look like and just like how they're wh- how they're acting to signify what the time period is so it's not it can be a little confusing but it's, but it's so it's you understand when you're jumping forward and back at a certain point this one i was like not only do i not entirely know what time period this is in i don't understand why it matters it felt like it was done just to be done and not for any like real reason or interesting like to set up the story in a more interesting way it just felt silly oh i think you're you're right i mean i think that's the main difference in the mystery between ringu and juong is that i don't think juong really cares that much about the mystery you know like it it does seem a little arbitrary as to why that chronology needs to be out of order because right. I, I do think it's more of just a way to get these people to go into that house and get killed you know what i mean so i don't know if right. 
they just scrambled the chronology because that's like a movie thing to do is you can mess with chronology. I don't know, but I don't think the movie really cares either. And the problem is that it's setting up these sequences where they go in this house, but those sequences play out very similarly. And while right. some of them are effective, it just kind of wears on you. And the, the ghost makeup it just took me out of it. Like maybe this movie would have made me poop my pants when I saw it, if I had seen it as a kid, but you know, watching it as an adult, it's just, it's not scary. <laughs> Travis, I think that's probably how you felt too. It's just oh, kind of yeah. silly. <laughs> but do you like uh Dawn of the dead? They use a very similar makeup approach. Yes. I love Dawn the of the 70s dead. one. Yeah, me too. And it is kind of silly, but I also feel like it just fits better for that movie. Yeah. And I, I don't really, I don't, think dawn of the dead is scary that's not why i like dawn of the dead you yeah. know what i mean like i, I like dawn of the dead more for its its gore effects and its social commentary and oh and yeah that's social the thing. commentary like, <laughs> dawn of the dead works because you're not you're not spooked by that it's it's scary it's kind of scary but also i think that the movie keeps showing direct close-ups of the makeup really close and i'm like oh now that looks like makeup are you talking about Dawn of the Dead does that or no, Juan no, no. Does Sorry. Juan does that. Yes. Dawn of the Dead. It, it, you know, it's used in character or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I actually did want to say, cause I was kind of shitting on it. One, something I really in like liked that this movie does is it kind of unlike most American, like, like you think of this as kind of a haunted house movie, right? Oh yeah. Totally. But I think that unlike most American haunted house movies, most of the kills and the scary stuff happen in the daytime or at least in a very well lit scene. Mm-hmm. And I think all of them actually happen in a very well lit scene, even if it's nighttime. And I think that it's, it's also something to be said is this house doesn't look like an old Victorian creepy house. It just looks like a normal house and it's pretty modern. They're walking through it and putting stuff in their cabinets and nothing feels like spooky about the house itself. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely like there is this curse on the house because this happened. And I thought, I, I, I don't know. I actually really kind of like that because I find that sometimes once you've seen one haunted house movie, you've kind of seen them all because of that. Like, because they're always dark and stuff is hiding in the shadows from you and the house itself is spooky. So you're always spooked by the house. I don't know. It just feels samey, samey. And I really like that this one was like a very different haunted house movie than what I'd seen previously. Yeah. And I do like, I think that's a cool observation and I I kind of agree with you, but I I also feel like, well, yeah, it it is a a trope to have like the haunted house be like, you know, all the furniture has white sheets on it and there's cobwebs everywhere and it's old. Yeah, that is, something we've seen a million times, but not that you have to be that cliche, but I do think this movie is kind of missing that environmental element where you're not really scared of the house. You only are because you know that this house is cursed, right? But the house itself isn't spooky. And I think the atmosphere is is maybe lacking a little bit, because of that yeah um, it's like giving the movie credit for its constraints which i mean yeah 
in one sense it's cool because they did do something different but then like matt's saying in another sense it's not really spooky or adding to that so it just feels like it's lacking as a result yeah and it it can be both it it can be both it can feel limiting and also interesting because you know it, it didn't go the stereotypical route of you know it's not a super old house and we do see the house in different stages of like disrepair and like mess you know like i think we mostly get that right in the beginning scene when riku well now i'm i feel but like the, the house, house looked better really disrepair it's there's just shit ever on the carpet like, <laughs> it looks like oh god it just looks like someone who doesn't know how to take care of themselves or a, or a house yes but that's kind of how it is at the at the end too right which chronology like chronologically wait it no no it's not the very end because it circles back to reek reek rika at the end right doesn't the movie end with her yes okay so the sequence right before that when we get the cop's daughter the house doesn't even though that takes place later by years doesn't really look i don't remember looking any worse did it i don't know maybe i should notice or i don't (laughs) know Maybe that's another thing too. Like the house really, even though there's at one point it's like lived in and things are chill. And at another point it's like, you know, time has gone by and people have died there. And then at another point we're years later. And I, I feel like the house itself doesn't really portray passage of time or like right. an, an accumulation of garbage and just like filth. That maybe that's part of the reason why the time the time frame is so hard to nail down. So because can of I that. also say I I do think I like this more than you guys did. So, you know, grain of salt, because I feel like I'm shitting on it a lot. I'm just not mentioning like the stuff that I did enjoy. I think it was an okay movie. It was decent, middle of the road. Mm-hmm. But one thing, one other thing I actually did have an issue with was and also messed up with me with the time jump. The former cop is in the house. He sees his daughter. Right? He has some kind of vision of his daughter in the house and then leaving the house. And then her three friends getting murdered. Mm-hmm. What? Like, what, is he a medium psychic seer person? Like, is he actually... like? And then he gets murdered, so it doesn't actually do anything it's just him does he know that's his daughter it's like eight years later like i just it didn't make any sense to me it's pretty sloppy and i i think it's even worse in the american version from what i remember like the plot is even more muddled and just doesn't make any sense um from my memory it's been a long time since i've seen that one but that's definitely not this movie's strong suit I think it is in Ringu in this movie. Not so much. It it, it, it it The more you think about it, the more confusing it gets, right? <laughs> like, I think this movie wants you right. to just kind of be invested in the mystery, but don't care too much and just let the spooky ghost shit happen to you. And I right. think the people who love this movie, which some people do, some people really think this movie is scary, like really scary. Yeah. I saw some letterbox review from like, 
three years ago that was like, this is the scariest movie ever. And I was like, are you <laughs> nine years old? Like, <laughs> is this your first horror movie? Because, yeah, if it's your first one, it's the scariest ever. I don't know. It, it, I also may be coming across more negative than I feel. Like, I didn't hate the movie. I, I didn't enjoy it. It's just not very good. And I admire it in some ways, and uh, I just yeah. wish it was better. <laughs> I also feel like I would maybe need to watch it again, but at the same time, I'm not interested to go back to it like anytime soon. So <laughs> it might just be uh, dead to me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm also interested to see how this fits in within the series, since the series apparently follows, I believe, the same cursed family. So I'm curious if that's why it didn't go so much into what actually happened there and solving that, quote, mystery or whatever, because the there's two movies prior to this. That right. That. that definitely could be a factor that we're, we're probably missing some context that we would have had if we watched the like, fucking VOD. I don't know if any of like, these characters are even in the other two. Like, right. maybe it's a continuation of a story. Like, I don't know. So, but I feel like it's interesting that this one got remade and not maybe like the first one or something you know what i mean like in the series like this feels like if you know the third jason movie got remade in a different country because that one they thought was the best but like you wouldn't have a lot of context right Mm -hmm. right um one thing i do want to say in regards to kind of tying it back to the ring the most famous scene in The Ring is the girl crawling out of the TV. The most famous scene in The Grudge is the shower scene with the shower head, hands. right? And I kind of like it better in Juong because it's less obvious. Like she's like parting her hair and you see the white flesh, but you can tell it's not her scalp. And then you realize it's fingers in the grudge, like the American version from what I remember, it's like, I don't know if the fingers are like harsher or if they have some it's sort of paint more, on them, but it's a more drawn out scene for sure. In the American, version. the American version. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was maybe a little bit more unexpected expected in the in in Zhuang and kind of clever because that was in all the marketing for the grudge like that was the image right. in all the trailers it was like the hand in the hair right and it just kind of feels like they're just taking that same image and trying to make it scarier in the American version but it's more interesting and kind of I'm not gonna say simple but like straightforward and less uh hokey in Zhuang because i don't know I, did you did you guys think that scene was kind of creepy i liked it in Zhuang, and i remember i remembered thinking that scene was stupid in the grudge <laughs> <laughs> did it uh, do nothing really for you any... yeah no not really <laughs> <laughs> actually matt i again this is <sighs> I watched the American Grudge when I was 12, so who knows if I would still be spooked by it, but I remember being a lot more scared by that scene in the American version versus this one. I felt like it didn't quite, 
live up to my expectations. Probably because, like you said, it's so burned. Like, Travis, you were talking about images from the ring burned in your brain. That is one of the images from the grudge that got burned in my brain. Because it was yeah. like all the marketing. <laughs> it was, like, the big, it was the scariest moment, you know, or whatever. And, like, in this one, it just felt a little not as big of a deal. Well, and yeah. we all knew it was coming, too. So it's not like it right, was right. surprising at all. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I think... I think you're on to something there in that in the grudge, it was this big deal and it's really not, it's a pretty small moment in, in Juong, but I think maybe because of that, it was more effective for me because it was like one of the few sequences that is actually kind of different in the movie. You know what I mean? Compared to all of the like, Oh, there's a noise upstairs. Let's go check it out. Right. Oh, there's a cat, a cat meow. Where's the kitty cat? You know, like it was different than the other sequences and, but didn't totally. also didn't, it wasn't super, uh, uh, what's the word? Like indulgence. Like it didn't draw attention yeah. to itself in the same way that it, cause I think they probably, whoever, when they did the grudge, I wonder if in, in retrospect, the director was like, Oh, people like this scene. I'm going to make it like even scarier and a bigger deal in, in when I remake it in America. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's 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 funny you say that because they remade it again. I think yeah, I think just last year. Last year, and yeah. The, one of the, like the posters that was like the main marketing of it was that scene. Hilarious. Matt, I was going to ask you though, are you curious to watch that? You know who directed yeah. it? Uh, the uh, eyes of my mother guy, right? Yeah, yep. Can't remember his name, but and this cast: Andrea Riseborough, Damian Bashir, Jackie Weaver. Jo- isn't John Cho in it? Yep. Betty Gilpin stacked. One point six on Letterboxd. Sounds like a good. <laughs> this one. is one point six. This could be my. This could be uh um the book of henry for my for horror <laughs> oh god this is huge i mean that that cast betty gilpin i think she's a great actress demi and bashir that guy that guy doesn't pick very good movies to be in but i like him <laughs> <laughs> so this movie may not be good but you'll like him in it andrea riseborough i mean she's always in in creepy shit and good shit she's she's the chameleon I got to see this thing. I like that poster, though. I'm looking at Wikipedia. That poster for the new mm-hmm. one. It's a good poster. Produced by Sam Raimi. What went wrong here? I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> it had all the ingredients of being a killer movie. It's got to be the script. So um, <laughs> we hadn't really talked about it very much, but Matt, you mentioned the cat. Yeah. And so I thought it was interesting because like, in in this one, I think, I think maybe even more so in the American one, if I'm remembering right. But Toshio, the young boy, his spirit is often heard like meowing. And I had always thought it was just because like he and the cat were killed together, and they were like really important to each other or something, and they just like merged together in like ghosty town. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I guess it also relates to an old Japanese legend where like the damned spirits of lost children become strays. And as a result, produce a cat's meow. Huh. Like there's stray cats wandering around the earth. I, not gonna lie, I did not like the cat 
meows coming out of ghost people I thought was pretty <laughs> pretty silly. Um, like maybe it's a cultural thing, but those those moments I was like, okay, this is dumb. Make the cool grudge sound. That's fine, but I don't know. <laughs> See, that's good. That's creepy. Human me- cat meows coming out of a human. No, thank you. Not interested. Dumb. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say on uh, Juong. Are you guys? No, I'm good. I have two other small things real quick. Yeah. Um, so one thing I did actually want to mention is that the director stated that he got um, some of the inspiration from the whole Juong series from the rise of domestic abuse cases in Japan. Hmm. And that kind of made me, I was like, oh, that's, that's actually really interesting and kind of a great way to relate, like, some of the real-life horror that's happening around you to, like, and make it into an actual horror movie. Like, I really like when stuff happens. But I think that that would have been more effective. And, I'm, and that made me even wonder even more about the series. And again, I think that would have been more effective in this if we, like, knew what happened and why the murder happened and that there was domestic abuse or whatever like all we see is that a murder happened like we really other than when the guy gets possessed by the murder man and then like whispers something under his breath like other than that we really get nothing Mm -hmm. and so i think that this movie maybe could have benefited from more than that and even like when we were talking about ringu like with the whole supernaturalist i actually felt felt they took that out and made it more of like a domestic abuse thing that that actually would have been more effective in both yeah i agree it could you could have there's a more interesting movie in here but it's like straight to video low budget roots definitely show you know it's a good movie okay it's not a good movie. It's an effective movie in some places and I do kind of like it, but those low budget roots and kind of VOD silliness can ultimately prevent it from being like a a legitimately good movie. But there's an interesting movie in there somewhere. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's what the new one is. Maybe people just don't get it, but it's definitely not the, not the Sarah Michelle Gellar one. That movie um maybe i just need to rewatch it but when i saw that movie i was an adult granted i i didn't have like you paris i i I didn't have that like you know i saw it when i was a kid and it scared me like you did you know so but i remember thinking that that was a bad movie um this one is probably marginally better but not that much better um you had another thing too right yes um and this one is actually something that kurt and i figured out when we finished the movie so we finished the movie watched this one on prime you know how it will like recommend other movies um ringu was actually one of the ones that recommended but the first one it recommended to us was sadako versus kayako so that would be the cursed gal from ringu Versus the cursed gal from this movie. So it's like Freddy versus Jason, but Japanese Literally, horror? Literally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounded amazing. <laughs> I think we have our next double feature. Freddy right? versus Jason and uh, Sadaku versus... Uh, Kayako. Yeah. <laughs> um, when did it come out? Did, 
Like, I'm assuming you just saw it on... That is a great question. I did see it on there. I did look it up. But, you know, I'm not 100% sure. There we go. Um, It came out in 2016. Hell yeah. Is it free on Prime or is it... So, it said... When I looked on Prime, it said with subscription. So, it might exist somewhere. Uh, It might be Shudder or... It looks uh... like it's on Sling. Um... Yeah, I don't know. But it sounded amazing. <laughs> the box office for it was $8,300. Whoa. It probably didn't get a theat- much of a theat. It probably had like one yeah, screening. I mean, it, basically, what I'm saying is this movie sounds fucking awesome and we should definitely watch it. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> well, we'll see. Maybe uh, we'll have to circle back, revisit that. Um, okay. Is that it for uh, Zhuang? Yep, that's it for me. All right. That's it. Let's do star ratings. I was between a two and a half and a three. I think I'm going to go two and a half, though. Um, just because I, I, I gave Ringu a 3.5, and I think it's significantly better. So giving it this right. a three feels weird. So 2.5. Two for me. This was a three for me. I actually had it like at a three, three point five, but after our conversation, I was like, "Yeah, it's definitely a three, if not even maybe lower." But I watched this one yesterday, so I haven't had a ton of time to think about it. Man, yeah, but my overall thing is, it's a pretty <laughs> medium movie. Very medium. Cool. Okay. Well, that's gonna do it for this double feature. Uh, Travis, you're next on the schedule. What do you have yep. for us next? So we're going to do Nosferatu, Nosferatu, the uh, 1922 original. Oh, wow. Where is that streaming? Going all the way back. Uh, I think on Prime and Canopy. Nice. So we'll be doing that. And then we'll also be doing Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, both will be first time watches for me, and I do have me too. this Dracula on 4K, so that is the main reason for these picks. <laughs> wait, and, so you, uh, wait, the, is it the also streaming? Is obvious. It's on, yeah, HBO Max. Okay, I made okay. sure for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, that's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. Those will be first time watches for me too. Uh, Paris, I'm assuming you too. You've never seen the OG Nosferatu, have you? I have not seen Nosferatu because while I love vampire movies, sometimes movies of that era can be a little bit of a nap time for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fair. Um, I'm excited uh, to see how those turn out. So that's going to be huge. Stay tuned. Uh, Before we leave, I want to thank Kurt for, again producing the intro and outro music for this podcast much love to kurt we'll have to we'll get you on the show eventually it'll happen um thank you everybody for listening that's all we got stay spooky